0: Welcome to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And uh, if any of you parents listening are uh, are anything like me, you're probably torn right now. You're probably uh, freaking out a bit. You're probably stressed. Your anxiety is probably hit, like, an all-time high because your kids may have already started school or are about to start. I guess it all depends where you are. Um, school boards have different start dates. School boards, The different school boards have all different plans for us as well. So um, we're all in this, like, weird place right now. And so I thought, you know what, I need some help. If I need some help, I'm thinking maybe a lot of you parents need some help, too, Um, not only for ourselves, but help that we can then maybe um, give to our kids because the stress and anxiety is also landing on their shoulders. So... I decided to call up my good friend, Allison Schaefer. She's a family counselor. She's a parenting expert. She's an author. Um, Maybe you might know one of her books or two or three. Um, Honey, I Wreck the Kids is one of them, really popular one. And guess what? She's a mama. So she knows. She knows. Allison, how are you? well, you know, i'm I'm almost having like survivor guilt. it's it, It's almost embarrassing to say you're doing fine in a time when so many people are struggling. Um, but but I have to say, and we talked just briefly before we uh, we went live here with your audience that um, you know, we're so lucky that we had technology in place that um, mm-hmm. that there was sort of a seamless transition for me. A lot of my clients just uh, moved on to doing counseling virtually. And um, you know, because I had tech at home, I could still do my TV shows and and things with Marilyn and the radio stuff and us talking today. So for me, it's 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 been it, you know it's been okay. I, I'm. You know, I'm a, I'm a little, believe it or not, a little bit of an introvert, so I didn't. Mind. <laughs> I didn't mind a little more quiet time and things. So, so I'm doing okay. But I have great, um, great compassion, empathy for families that are uh, that had to do work from home and kids at school at the same time. And then I prefer, you know, just, I am so glad that I'm in a different phase in my life, that my kids are older, that I'm not in that boat, but I've been um, helping a lot of parents that are struggling. So I feel, I do feel your pain and I do want to help. Thank goodness. Because honestly, Alison, throughout this whole thing, um, and my listeners know, because they hear me complain about it every week, week after week, but, um, I'm an extrovert. Allison, you know me. You know that I'm like out there and I am like hugging and touching everyone. I'm like, I'm here. And so COVID has like, COVID has really just turned my life upside down. One minute I'm okay. The next five hours I'm not or next five days I'm not. You know, you think, okay, I've got this. Um, but then it just hits me and I'm down and I'm depressed and I am crying and guess what? My kids are around. And so I know, and we've talked about this on other shows that we've done with you, kids pick up on the energy they pick up. So they're really sensitive to that stuff. So then that starts worrying me and then I stress out even more. And, um, and so we've been home since, since March um the kids just started back at school. I had two of them start um just Thursday, Friday. Um and one is gonna start on Tuesday because all, no matter where you are, like usually it's the day after Labor Day here in Ontario, you start school, you're back to school, but it depends on the school board. Uh they all have different plans. So some people are are the kids are starting in alphabetical order. Um, at our schools, it's starting by grades, different grades going in at different times. So it's not everyone at once. But then it's that whole decision that we have to come like come up with. Do we send our children to school? Do we homeschool? Um, like, what do you do? I made the choice to send them back. I don't even know if that was a great choice. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I would have to say that's where parents, I think, had their first real spike in their own anxiety, was just around having to make the decision with not enough information. And again, depending on the school board, things were handled differently. And whether you were in private or public or Catholic or what, you know, it's it, it was all handled very differently but a lot of parents felt they didn't have a, a a great deal of information to make a decision and there's there's sort of the the grass is always greener you know like uh, now uh, is everyone going to support my decision and some families felt split because some kids um were actually some are going back and others are going to do online in the same family and uh so so there so oh. to, to just just I know. So just to say to parents, I think it's really important that everybody appreciate that we had to go down a decision tree and we had to look at multiple factors, none of which were great. There was no one clear good answer for any of us. Um, and so where where we might've not had the confidence in, in the situation, like at least to have the confidence in, in knowing that you made the best decision that you could with a limited amount of information as you're trying to mitigate risks and benefits and that's going to be different for different people like you know if you have been if you have a situation where your home life has become so toxic that everybody just needs to have a little space or if you're a single mother living in an apartment and you really need that child to go to school so that you've got child care so that you can continue to work there's just so many Different variables that none of us Should judge anybody for how they Came to their conclusion And and the proof is going to be in the pudding I, I really do think that um, it makes parents feel a little bit more comfortable if they know it's not one and done. If it turns out that the decision yeah. you made is not working for your family, then we'll switch it up. There might be kids that go to school that have to switch to online. There might be kids that started with online and they just cannot do it without some more support, and they need to go back into the classroom or they need to get into some learning circle or with a tutor or something. We're all just we're you know what's so what's the expression? We're learning to fly the plane as we're building the aircraft or something. I mean, <laughs> well, so true. Yeah, we're all we're all uh, we're all working at this and trying to figure it out um, with with a whole lot of variables. And so I, I think that having sort of compassion and kindness for the teachers, for our kids, for ourselves, for our, you know that we just have to be super flexible and just embrace a little bit of chaos. You know what? I'm glad that you're saying this because you know that as parents, we carry that guilt with us. Um, And so sometimes we need to hear from someone else. And it helps that you're, you know, a family counselor and a parenting expert. It helps to hear from someone else that, you know what, everyone's situation is different. And you need to do what works for you and for your family. Like for myself, I work from home. I'm an entrepreneur. I also teach at Humber College, which all my classes at Humber have moved to online. So it'd be really difficult for me to teach three children in three different grades and they're all little like Samantha's nine, Liliana's seven, Marcus is turning five. Um, So it's really, it would be really difficult for me to run my business, do my radio show, teach at Humber and then teach three different grades. But then it's also like you said, um, maybe it's the single moms or even the stay at home mom. Who's just like at wit's end. And is like, I can't do this anymore. Um, Or, what about the parents with kids with compromised immune systems? You know? Like so many variables. Absolutely. And, you know, there were some kids who actually really thrived in the online environment as well. Um, you know, kids who maybe were being bullied at school, who have social anxiety, um, kids who um, really need time to process the information and they get too distracted by all the sensory background stuff that goes on in a classroom. And I, and I would say if we're going to talk about some of the you know, silver lining benefits that have come out of this um, shakeup and it really is a shakeup is mm-hmm. that we, I, I have all, there's always been a, a need for major improvements in education. Oh, definitely. And that we tried way too much to try to make everything so standardized. And I think now we're really giving permission to say we need to be a more child centered delivery service. And so isn't it great that, that creativity has exploded and suddenly yeah you know what you, you we can do this in a bunch of different ways and it might be hybrid and it might be partially this and it might be augmented that but sud- suddenly it gives everyone um a little bit more space to not feel like we're always trying to put that little round peg in a square hole or is it the way around <laughs>
1: i getting
0: <all> my <laughs> metaphors we know what you mean yes yeah. Uh, yeah um and so and so i think that the fact that we've sort of shaken it up and said, okay, what does Liliana need? What, you know, let's like really meet the child where where they're at and build that structure up around them I don't think we'll ever really go back to it being so conformist as it, as it was before. And uh, I think that, I think it's great. You know what? I have to, I have to agree because, and I don't think that it's just for the kids in school, whether they're in elementary, high school, college, university, but also the adults, and their careers, like you said, you have been able to um, continue working without a problem and doing it from home, doing things virtually, online. And, uh, and a lot of businesses, I find that they're, like, realizing that maybe their employees are a lot more productive working from home. There's not as much overhead. So there, there are a lot of silver uh, linings it's- to end all of this chaos. And everyone's becoming really human. Have, I mean, this—have you not noticed? You were talking about the guilt, right? So I, I wanted to come back to that. So, so part of it is—is is, you know that we are. We are uh, allowing people to be humble humans sort of stumbling our way with our Zoom shirts and our sweatpants on the bottom (laughs) and dogs barking while we're trying to do an interview. And everyone's giving everyone a pass, and that's where we have to let go of our guilt. Guilt is, is when we are moving away from a sort of social norm of how we're supposed to behave, a code of conduct. And we have that as mothers, which is way rigid and high expectations. And if ever there was a time to say that code needs to be blown apart and just, you know, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Doing the best. There, there is no true North perfect, um, uh, you know, uh, that's that being gentle and compassionate with ourselves. Yeah, you know what, now is the time And that part of COVID, I like Uh, We're talking to Alison Schaefer Today on the Parenting Show Don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto Now back to the Parenting Show With Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca, and we are talking about back to school. Some of us have already sent our kids back. Some of us are about to send our kids back. Some of us have started online uh, and homeschooling, and some of us are about to. No matter what you choose to do, we have just learned from our guest, Alison Schaefer. She is a parenting expert, a family counselor, author, and mama. She's saying, you know what? It's all good. You do you. Right, Allison?" Yeah, you're, you've got to organize your family the way that is going to work best for your family. And uh, you have to remember that on top of this being a health pandemic, there is a real serious concern that there's a mental health pandemic that's following in its steps as this is really eroding um, and wearing down in our mental health. And depression and anxiety are too um already very prevalent disorders in our society, but the numbers are going through the roof. Kids Help Phone said they had a 350% increase in users in the first couple of weeks of, of COVID. So wow. we really do have to pay attention to how this is impacting our mental health. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really serious when I tell people, you, you do not need to be adding the extra um, stressors on your Self of trying to optimize everything. We're, we're really trying to be more like satisficers. What do what, we what yeah. do to try to just like, just get by? Right now, just getting by is just fine. Did you get yeah. up and actually shower this morning? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> no, you it's don't so need to true. <laughs> well, You know what? I'm really glad that you brought up the whole mental health issue, the anxiety, um, because it's real. And like I said you know, earlier in the show, I'm really having a hard time with COVID. Even now with a lot of the stuff lifted um, and we do have uh, a little bit more freedom, a lot more, I should say, than the past few months, um, there have been, there were days where I would wake up and I would be like, I don't know if this is real life or am I still dreaming? And it was becoming an issue where it's not like, Like, you know, a joke, like, oh, am I dreaming or is this real life? No, I really was having a hard time differentiating the two. And I started to think, I'm like, you know what, I'm a pretty healthy individual. Um, You know, yes, I suffer from from stress and anxiety, um, but I've never been medicated. And I just started to think about those with mental health issues and people that were struggling before and just what this new world means for them now. Um, it's really scary, Allison. Yeah, I mean, we're as, as an organism, biologically speaking, we have a great system for handling acute, short-lived stress. Um, but we don't do so well with long-term chronic stress. And if you look at all the the modern illnesses that we die of you know the cancers the cardiovascular diseases the diabetes and things these are um, really being identified as um, the root cause of them as being long-term chronic stress so we we all we all need to um, address the fact that if we don't know how to diffuse our stress let down our stress we're going to be pay the price for it in our health and our mental health Um, And so um, you don't need to meet the criteria for an anxiety disorder, you don't need to meet the criteria for major depression, all of us would do well to learn some good stress reducing good mental health um, initiatives, because I like to think of it as being more like on a continuum, it's not like you're, you're mentally well or you're mentally ill. It's more like physical health where you're either yeah. a couch potato or you're an uh, an uh, uh, Olympic athlete, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. are you a, a schizophrenic uh, person or are you a, a meditating Buddhist monk, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're along this continuum? <laughs> and all of us should put a little time and attention now into doing some of the things that we know are good for basic mental hygiene, you know, just a, a good night's sleep, good nutrition, um exercise and, and again exercise doesn't have to be you like running a marathon like exercise is just getting out and walking every day just just discharging the the buildup of of energy, keeping those social connections. And that's why we you know, I mean, I know you're saying as an extrovert, but who are who are those people in our life? Can we can we do more Zoom connecting? Can we phone more family members? Can we stay in touch with our friends? That's that's the the kind of the being creative thing and and helping others. Believe it or not, that's one of the biggest things that makes us feel Good is is to not think about ourselves and our problems and how we're doing, but to actually say, how can I help someone else? How can I help my fellow man? What can I do to make sure my neighbors are doing okay or the food food bank has some donations or whatever it is? Yeah, whatever it for is. Others is what really makes us um, what really gives us that resiliency. Those are some really good tips because a lot of the times I don't think that in a situation like this we really think about it. We really think about how important waking up and just even taking that shower is getting out of our PJs and just jumping in the shower or heading outside to get some fresh air and going for that walk. We were joking uh, during the the break. We were talking about getting out uh, to the grocery store and just, you know, small talk with other people in the, in the lineup. It's true. I know. I'm so happy to just chitter chat with people. Anyone, anyone just have a sit and have a conversation with me from six feet away, please. I know. Yes. I know we're, <laughs> you know, because it it's, it does make a, it reminds us those little small points of interaction um, make us feel like we we are in community, and it's that feeling of in community that it's like our brain knows that that I'm safe because now. You know, it's like a barn raising. If my barn barn b- burns down, I've got all my neighbors will come and help me erect a new one, right? So it's mm-hmm. sort of the same thing. When I know that I'm embedded in community, people have my back. I can't go too too far off track. But when I start feeling isolated, when I start feeling alone, right away that sets off our threat detector system to say that's not okay. People shouldn't be alone. We live in groups. We live in groups. Yeah. You know, you need the power of the herd and uh, and we're very we're very, very sensitive to that and um, so that's why those social connections are so important and I would just say for all those people who ever thought that mindfulness meditation was like "woo, woo crunchy granola, you know, <laughs> not my jam, it, the research is just too overwhelmingly in support that you that it it really does not take very much time. A few minutes a day, every day, it's, it's like doing reps. It's like doing push-ups. It, it really does strengthen the mind. It teaches you the nature of your mind, the nature of your thinking, and it is the nature of that thinking that drives our moods and our behaviors. Um, and everybody should really investigate it. I, you know, I, I, I can't say enough about it. Go read it. Yeah, you know what? It's so true because um, during quarantine, I got an Apple Watch. And what a difference it makes to even just be reminded, stand up, breathe, breathe. Like it reminds you to take a moment for yourself and breathe. Also, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I have my Reiki level one and two. Um, I so did know that, that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's something that I've, I'm getting back into. And I, I'm working with uh, a mentor, uh, Franca at The Soul's Life on that. So I, I'm making it more of a regular thing. And um, and kickboxing has always been something for me. So it's like even just getting in back into some kind of routine um, wow. is so important. Even if it's a hobby, I guess anything right now that all that, that makes you happy. Yeah. Well, that yes, yeah. indeed. So, well, I I, I want to make a little call out too for parents that a lot of times when they you know if you start your kids on mindfulness meditation because again you know you model it and and it's a great thing for kids more and more schools are starting to incorporate it into their curriculum but there's a great Canadian app called kidsevolve.ca and what i like about and it's got all the research there if you want to check out research for kids but they have meditation for um uh, like anxiety for going to sleep, which is a big one for kids and adults. Yeah, sleep at night because that's when the mind gets busy for building confidence for kids that um, you know are, are again worried about going back to school. There's and they're they're designed for kids, so they're more like they're they're not like meditations where you just breathe. They're like stories. Usually, kids are like I want to hear another one. I want to hear another one. Yeah, so they're guided meditations, but they literally listening to them rewires the brain. What's the website again? KidsEvolve.ca. Well, that's perfect, because right now, like I said, us parents are freaking out with this whole back-to-school. Did we make the right choice, didn't we? Stay home, go. Um, but these kids, it's a whole new, different world. They're going to be going in. It's like, wear a mask. You know, like, us parents are freaking out. Like, here's, like, get masks for the day. You know, and they're going to they're gonna have to do that. They're going to be having recess differently. Um, it's just going to be, it's a whole new world, a big adjustment. So these kids are going to be stressed and, and their anxiety is going to, you know, go up as well. So that's good. So kids evolve.ca. Yes. And, and so out. then again, let's remember that every child had to go to school for the first time. You know, I used, to, I used to be a nursery school teacher. It, you know, you, you don't know that your mom is going to come back and pick you up. And you don't know that you're going to make new friends. And you don't know that when they flick the lights, that means that we're going to sit at carpet time and, you know, put the scarf on the weather bear. And all. you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. You don't know how to line up for going to the gym. You don't know any of those things. So going back to school is going to be different this year. It's not going to look the same. But our kids know that they will be guided towards what it's going to look like this year. They are teachable. They are adaptable. They will learn. They will find that it still has many of the parts of school that they like. It still has rituals and fun and engagement and friendships and a teacher who looks you in the eye and says, how are you? I missed you. So I I think that that while it's going to be different, it doesn't mean that our kids can't adapt. They've had, they've had to learn in the past and and they will learn, uh, you know, again. And, um, and the more that we can send that message of you're capable, i believe in you, you've got this thing, we'll work on no, you know, we'll work on this together. Those are the kinds of messages. I think when we give them permission to say like, well, i don't know how anyone's going to learn in this environment. Well, i don't think a kid's going to wear a mask all day. Yeah. How are you the we when we talk like that in front of our children, it gives them permission to check out. And i think we saw this when when the schools shut down in March and it became the, the March break that never ended. Um, <laughs> a lot of those kids knew, you know, it doesn't count for anything. The marks and no one's, no one's following the marks. We don't have to learn. We don't need to go. And they just checked out. So I had we a team, of dropouts out. <laughs> well, we, but we've got to let them know. And, and I and I, and I was the first, and I was a parenting expert. I was telling people, look, and if they can't manage this, don't push them. You don't need the family chaos. Don't worry about it. People yeah, will get caught true. up. But if we continue that attitude going into the fall and forever, we're really giving kids permission to not take this responsibility of learning seriously. And it really does in the end fall on them. So we, we need to really let them know that this is, um, that, yep, yeah, we're back at it and, um, and, and it's exciting. That's the best advice ever because as a parent, I'll tell you, has that crossed my mind? Not one bit. And it is so simple. It's such a simple concept. It's like back to school, like it's been every other year. And so off you go. There's some minor changes. But it's still school. Your friends are there. It's great. Why didn't I think of this, Allison? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how much um, our, our, to your point about how much we model this to, to, to our kids. But, you know, I was reading, uh, you know, some other research about um, other ways that we do that. Again, I like biological models. So it's like bull mastiffs are these big dogs and they sit with the cattle um, and, and their job is not to protect from wolves. Their job is to keep the cattle from not being frightened and running. Or they put these little goats in with ra- twitchy racehorses, and the goats calm the racehorses. Like, there's, the, the, we as parents sit in, in with our kids, and that's who we need to be. We need to be that Buddha who says, everything is going to be fine. And, um, yeah. and we can set that tone and bring down the, the uh, anxious, nervous energy of our family if we can embody that. Even if we have to fake it till we make it, Pina. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? Now that you're saying this, I'm just thinking in my head as you're talking, I'm thinking of ways that I can actually normalize things for them and and in a way, I've been doing stuff, I guess, and not even realizing it, like even just shopping for masks and having their input, like, okay, so what do you want? What do you want? You know what I mean? Like, let's pick masks for school. And they get really excited about that, you know? And it's just like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to wear this one for the first day of school, you know? So it's, it's the little things that maybe we overthink as adults. We yeah. just need to, like, scale it back. and And just chill out a little bit well think about it you know going back to school they've calculated the risks but getting in the car with your kids the risk of car accidents I and yet we do that all the time so that's that's, you know i say well and so what do we do about that well we don't want to stay locked at home so what do we do we put airbags in cars we use car seats we use seat belts you know we follow the the um, traffic laws And that's how we mitigate risk. And so we're just doing the same thing. It's just it's new and novel. So we're all just a little bit weirded out about it. But it's like, no, you know what? It's we're we're just going to take good safety precautions. This this disease is actually quite easy to control if we just follow the rules. So we're just following the rules. We'll we'll figure it out. This is this is why we have allison Schaefer on the show today. Don't go anywhere because we will be back with more right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night, and you are tuned into The Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca. And joining me on the show, I've got my good friend, Repeat Gap. She's like, the best. Um, She's a parenting expert. She's a family counselor. She's an author. She's written three amazing books. Uh, You maybe know, Honey, I Wrecked the Kids and maybe one of her other ones. And of course, she's a mama. So um, she's giving us like the best advice, the best advice, because our kids are heading back to school or maybe they just started and we're freaking out. They might be freaking out. Maybe we're making them freak out. I don't know, but Allison is here to help us today. Allison, um, we were talking on the break about um, family meetings. Yeah. This, to me, is one of the most important, vital um, uh, things for a family to, to adopt in order to maintain sanity in the home. And isn't that really that's... That's part of it, of how are we, we going to do back to school? How are we going to get some sanity back in the home? And too often what ends up happening with parents is whenever something is going, you got a kid who won't brush their teeth or you got a kid who won't, you know, get to school on time or, you know, they keep interrupting you to help you with their online learning while you're working from home and you can't get your own work done. I don't know. You could have a list of 100 yeah. problems. And the problem that for parents is that they look at the child's behavior and they see it as a child who is bothering them, they're misbehaving, and they immediately go to the mindset that I must discipline them. And so we're constantly disciplining, and, you know, usually we're not very good at that, so we end up yelling or nagging or reminding, or, and these problems never really get solved. They, you know, you're still, right? So in September we're yelling that they're late for school. In October, we're yelling that they're late for school. In January, we're yelling that they're late for school. And we're so these problems don't really go away. What I'm inviting parents to do is to switch their mindset, to stop thinking about it as a child who needs discipline and instead thinking of it as something that is not working in the family, that it's a problem in the way the family is functioning. So it's no longer personalized about the child. It's something going on in the family that's not working. And you need a better solution in order to make it go away. So the problem is no one's getting out the door on time. And right mm-hmm. now my, I have been yelling and I need a better solution. And so yeah. where are we going to talk about that? We want to talk about it as a group. We want the family to sit down together and solve the problems of family life together, and come up with solutions together. Not in the time of conflict, not at five to nine when you're late, because um, nobody's a good problem solver then. But just once a week to sit down and to review the week, and to talk about how we might do things a little bit better. Um, you're not going to solve all the 100 problems that you have in one meeting. You're going to go you know because nobody likes a long meeting nobody likes a bad meeting these won't be fun that's why parents stop doing them they say ah, oh, we try. <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of energy in there a lot of work and but, but um, if you can keep them short keep them sweet just work on one problem at a time um, i i can't think of a, a better skill set or a, a better uh, addition to your family that it will help you so much over the year I mean I can't it's just my, my kids are now 25 and 26, and um, and I videotaped a lot of our family meetings because I teach parenting classes, and so I would show them to show to show parents how awful they are. Like I don't know, <laughs> they're they're not. Um, but but as my kids got older, they would present at conferences with me and and talk about their experience of having these family meetings. And both my kids said, I don't know how you would run a family without them. It doesn't mean you like them, but they're like, how else would you do it? And uh, so by the time they went off to college and university and were like sharing houses with roommates, the first thing they would do, and they would just sit down with their roommates and say, we need to have a house meeting. Who's going to take out the garbage? What time should people turn off the music so that people with morning classes can get up? And are we going to share grocery money or are we going to have our own cupboards? It's exactly the same thing. How are we going to get along, right? This is, like Honestly, all the advice you're giving today is amazing because it is so simple. It is simple. It's doable. I have never thought of a family meeting. You know, so, okay, so Allison, wait. For someone that's never done a family meeting, how, like, when's the best time to do it? Would you say, like, is it not during dinner? Maybe after dinner or before? Di- like, when, when would you do it? Would you do it on a weekend? Would you do it on a weeknight? Like, what do you it's think? Well, I would say every uh, family knows their own schedule best. Um, What I can tell you is that you should have them about every seven days. Like, it's nice. Kids like things predictable. They like to know. Like, every Sunday we have family meetings. But I know that with family life, it's not always possible. At least make it that when you finish the family meeting, uh, uh, one of the agenda items is scheduling the next meeting. And the reason why I say seven days, Tina, is because, the idea of the meeting is we're just going to give this solution a one week try. So, so if we say, Hey, for one week, let's give it a go that each, child makes their own lunch, for example, just to say that's, that's what the solution. <laughs> that. We'll try it for one week. And at the next meeting, we're going to circle back and see how it went and whether or not we, we need to tweak it, try a different idea, whatever it might be. And kids will pretty much stay and adhere to rules that they help make for at least a week, even if they don't like it, knowing that it's not carved in stone, that in a week's time they can go back and say, yeah, I didn't really like that because of X, Y, and Z. And great, so now we'll now we'll decide what new approach that we wanna try. If you say that you're only gonna have family meetings once a month, If they don't like what you've decided, you're likely not going to get their cooperation if they don't think they can change it. Yeah, it's too long of a duration. Too long. Um, Yeah, so once a a week, whenever it fits into your schedule, but, you know, just make it predictable, write it down and be true to your word that you're going to hold it, hold the meeting. And schedule the next one at the end of each meeting, which I think is really good because we get so busy and caught up that even us as adults may book something in. But if we book... That, that next family meeting, we know, okay, that time is allotted for and it's accounted for, so I know to work around that schedule. Yeah, and, and a lot it. of times parents often just call family meetings when they're angry, all right? That's it. <laughs> yes, yes. <so> I trish- love <laughs> this. New rules. New rules. Yes. This is not a place where we impose new rules. This is a place where we come together in a time of calm to solve problems. And usually the solutions that the kids come up with are the ones that are going to work because they're the stakeholders. They like making their ideas come to life. You know, you've always been one to say, get the kids involved in the decision-making. You've always said that on all the shows that I've had you on and even when we've been in person and and just chit-chatting. And I have to say, parents listening at home, you need to listen and take Alison's advice on that because uh, every time I've done it, it has worked wonders. We're talking with Allison Schaefer on The Parenting Show today. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Now, back to The Parenting Show. With Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night and this is the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca and we are talking about back to school. We're talking about how we're dealing with things as parents, how our kids are dealing with things. And so we've got Alison Schaefer joining us. She is a parenting expert. She's an author. She's a family counselor. She's a mama. And... Uh, She's been helping me for a long time, so we have her on the show today to help you guys at home listening as well. So, Allison, we've talked about a lot of stuff. We've covered a lot of stuff, um, but we haven't really touched so much on the older kids. Um, mm-hmm. And you were hurting too. Them. It's an interesting year for them, right? Tina, like, think about yeah. the parents that had to, you know, have first-year university kids go off to dorms where there's only half the kids because of social distancing. One of the families I work with said it's just a bed frame. They took the mattress off the other bed in the kid's room. Oh uh, they don't have their normal frosh week, their orientation, all that classic stuff. Uh, and yet we know that, um, that parties are happening, little, these little side parties and it's, it's a real issue. Um, you know, the universities are worried about that, that big second wave, just as we're, as we're sending our kids back to school. this power, When kids get together, are they going to social distance? Are they going to follow the rules when parents aren't there to supervise? And it's a real concern that the government has, that the, that the universities have. So I think as parents... There, I think we have to be proactive. I think there's a couple things that we really have to do. One is to realize it is it's hard. Did, did you ever leave home to go off to college or no. university? No, well, I was very fortunate. A lot of people drop out in that first year and not because the classes are too hard, but because they don't get socially integrated. They just get too lonely. They 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 can't function. And so universities know this and they work really hard to make sure that those kids can get connected. But this year, it's just going to be so much harder. So I would say to parents, Please keep checking in, texting, how are you? Uh, like just lots and lots of check-in so those kids don't feel like they're drifting out there. And then for those kids that are getting connected, <laughs> just like, get connected but not so close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not so close. You know, I, I've been working on this program, Tina, for about five years now called Hashtag Family Talk. And, and it is a public health initiative um, that is targeting parents to help parents have the tools And and the skills in order to be effective in influencing their children's choices around such health decisions of underage drinking, preventing underage drinking. And there's a real parallel between the methodologies for helping a kid say no to alcohol when they're a minor as there is to saying to a kid, don't kiss your girlfriend, you know, without your mask on, which (laughs) the health (laughs) minister. Stay in your bubble. Um, you know, you can be social, but you got to decide who your group of 10 are and, and wear that mask and all those behaviors. Um, and really, the, the core of the program is for parents to realize how much power they have, that a lot of parents think that that peer influence is just too great and that youth are just too driven by peer pressure and their need for uh, independence um, and wild risk-taking, and that they sort of throw their hands up in the air a little too early. And and really what we have discovered is that the number one influence on good choice-making and behavior-making is when the parents keep that strong relationship with their kids, hold that high expectation for them, and get really clear about the, the education and their faith in them to make good decisions when we're not around. So to be able to say, you know, talk about the spread of the disease, to be able to say, do you realize that the the, the, the biggest community spread right now is happening in the uh, the cases are in the 20, I think it's the 20 to, to um, is it 39? Don't, don't quote me on that part. I haven't, moment. to be honest. I haven't been following the news because good, good, of the anxiety Elsa and stress. So I have no idea, Yeah. <laughs> <Allison. laughs> so we need to let them know that I think they got a little cavalier thinking that because they uh, were less, they're uh, more likely to be asymptomatic, that they're actually a big part in being a solution. So to be able to say, we need your help. And the same with the underage drinking, that kids don't realize that the adult brain is not the same as the teen brain. It's still growing. It's still hyper-vulnerable to um anything in the environment and you literally can rewire the brain let alone you know poor decision making poor problem solving yeah. um you know you think it's so funny to have your inhibitions down but what it really does is it makes you stupid so we see like a lot <laughs> of accidents a lot yeah. of accidents and, and we don't um, and some of them are fatal accidents it's people yeah. getting on those jet skis you know after drinking beer not realizing that they are um, are, are putting themselves and others at such high risk of accidents and what a, what a tragedy to use a young life because we didn't have the talk about those dangers um so for every parent hashtag family talk tons of resources on my youtube channel lots of videos you can watch them with the kids um but um and i've got some facebook lives i got another one february 16th if you want to ask some questions so um and it's yes, all under Allison Schaefer. All under Allison we? Schaefer. Yeah, Parenting uh, Expert Allison Schaefer on Facebook. Yeah, and I have a teen, I also have a teen uh, Facebook page just for parents of teens, too, and I'm on there all the time posting resources, and, and parents are supporting one another. We don't do, we don't do a lot of support, we, we kind of lose our support groups when we yeah. have teen years. You know, there's a lot I'm of, I'm not the there yet, things. but I've seen it with my sisters,
1: Yeah, um, moms
0: of teens. Yeah, and we, well, need, and we need to really support each other and know that we're not alone because it's a really, it's a very turbulent time. It's a, lot, a lot changes yeah. in the family dynamics when you hit adolescence. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today, Allison. You are amazing. Tons of great advice. Uh, what is your website if people want to check you out? Because I know from your website, they can connect to all of your socials. Yeah, so it's allisonshafer.com spelled dot rcom Thank you so, so much. And for those of you listening at home, if you tuned in late, don't worry. You can listen back to our podcast, which you can find on, on uh, Apple and everywhere else podcasts are. Uh, because this was a fantastic, a fantastic chat. And again, thank you so much for joining us, Allison. Um, always. It's always thank you, Tina. Thank you. you for having you, having hey, you know, on with chill. me. Thank you, thank you. Uh, But that's it for us, unfortunately. We will catch you next week, Sunday, 8 o'clock, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto for The Parenting Show. I'm Tina Crispo from chicmama.ca.